Welcome to the Business Advisor Podcast, brought to you by the Business Advisor Academy. This podcast is dedicated to helping business professionals create, sell, and deliver high-impact and high-value business advisory services. Now, let me introduce you to your host today, Amanda C. Watts. This is episode 10 of the Business Advisor podcast, and today I'm diving into something very personal. What I'm going to be talking about probably even affected you at some time or another in your life. Let's start with some questions. Have you ever asked yourself these questions? Am I really good enough to give people advice? Do I even have the knowledge? Have you ever thought to yourself that you've run a large business or not, as the case may be? Maybe you've never sold a business before. Maybe you're just starting your advisory business and you've never even run an accounting firm before. Have you ever questioned that you're not fully qualified? When you have these thoughts, these are just a few ways that the dreaded imposter syndrome can show up in your life. You can say to yourself, I am not good enough. I am not good enough. A lot of us struggle with imposter syndrome and I still struggle with it to this day. But what I do know is that sharing your expertise and education is one of the scariest things one can ever do. It's like poking your head above the parapet, waiting for someone to shoot it off. What I'd love to achieve through today's podcast with you is to get clear on what imposter syndrome means so that you can actively confront it. So I'm going to take a moment and do that right now. In Webster's Dictionary, it defines imposter syndrome as a psychological condition characterized by persistent doubt in one's abilities or accomplishments. It's accompanied by the fear of being exposed as a fraud, despite the evidence of one's ongoing success. Did that hit home? Quite possibly. And the two phrases that I thought were really interesting were persistent doubt and despite the evidence of one's ongoing success. I joined the accounting profession officially in 2016. Up until then, I had only ever experienced what it was like to be the daughter of someone who ran a tax firm. I'd never been an accountant or run an accounting firm myself. In 2016, my father, a tax technician, asked me to help the profession with marketing. While I had never helped an accountant before, I had helped hundreds of clients in my business previously, and I got them to get really good at marketing and growing their businesses. I had been a director of a very large corporation and ran corporate events around the world for years and years before setting up my own business. I'd worked with huge marketing budgets, and I had personally built my own business to multiple six figures before moving into the accounting profession. Anyway, I digress. When my dad asked me to help accountants, it was a weird feeling. Doubt kicked in. How could I help a profession that I knew so little about? So I spent nearly a year doing a deep dive into accountants, accounting, tax, learning how you ran your firms, learning about all the different institutions, the accounting bodies, looking at my peers and at the accounting industry in general. Everyone loved the ideas I was bringing to the table, but the self-doubt continued. Despite being talented and having something accountants needed, I felt like an imposter. Looking back to 2016, I think what gave me the gumption to think that I was even capable of becoming an advisor to the accounting profession was that my dad, a slightly older 
middle, well, older than middle-aged, I would say, white male in a traditional grey suit, sorry, Dad, thought that I had got just what you guys and girls needed. So there was a small voice inside me that kept saying, why not? Why not you? It could be fun. Just give it a try. Now, what made that little voice a bit louder was that I had a burning desire inside of me to help and change people's lives. I had seen what the profession had done to my father, heart surgery, stress, depression, and I knew that I could help and change the situation for others. I also knew what my life was like as a child of someone who ran a tax firm and who also used to be employed by one of the big four in London. I had the holidays in the summer when dad was physically present but so stressed he was unhappy and grumpy, not emotionally present. I remember the Christmas periods where dad sneaked off upstairs to our office where he kind of had to finish tax season because it was December and here in the UK tax season is end of Jan and he had work to do. And I was the 15 year old daughter that made my dad so mad that on the four day holiday that we managed to have and squeeze in in France, he made us leave early and come back home because I drove him mad. All of this happened because the profession just isn't conducive to a work-life balance. So these memories and situations were what I used to fuel me. The truth in me knew that I had to do as my dad had asked. I had to show up and help the profession get better clients and run a better practice. So I got one accounting client, then another two, then 10, then 30, then COVID hit the world. And that really catapulted me into the thick of it. And 300 clients and 18 months later, I was well and truly ingrained in the accounting profession. And I'm probably never likely to leave. I had to do the work because people needed me. I use the term gumption a lot. I believe it becomes before confidence. I first heard the term gumption from an actress called Hayley Mills. You probably have heard of her. I think it was in her movie Pollyanna, but it might have been in the original 60s movie The Parent Trap. Anyway, gumption means doing something with guts, which is really hard when imposter syndrome kicks in. But the word gumption has propelled me forward when my feet seem glued to the floor and cannot move. There's also a well-known book on this subject. It's called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway and it's by Susan Jeffers, and she talks about negative thinking, which can show up in one form or another, including imposter syndrome, and about how reintroducing your mind into positive thought patterns is the solution to moving through imposter syndrome. Anyway, so what I have continuously done to move through stages of imposter syndrome is have this gumption to move forward, even when I feel I'm not worthy or able. I have to look imposter syndrome straight in the eye and take the first step. This is how I continuously take first steps every single day. The cure for imposter syndrome isn't some magic knowledge that I can get, but in fact, the way of freeing myself from the imposter cage is to show up in life courageously. And that is the point. If I do not take any risk, I cannot create any magic. Sharing your education and experience in the world is one of the most vulnerable things you can do, but that is what makes it so exciting. The ability to share your insights, expertise and help people, that is where the magic happens, helping people and creating a bigger impact. This sharing of my advice has been the gateway to allowing me to build my own courage day in and day out. 
when I stare at a blank piece of paper or start to map out this podcast, for example, the possibilities are endless. I do not undervalue it at all. And I do not undervalue the fact that you are listening to this today and have me speaking in your ear. Every word I say, every sentence I speak, and every message I share has to be of value. Otherwise, I'm just wasting your time. And time is the one thing you cannot get more of. So I totally get how imposter syndrome shows up because I have had to have the courage to write this podcast so that I can help you, even though every podcast starts with a narrative in my mind going around saying, who am I to share this with you? Some of you might say, don't be daft, Amanda, but it can be paralyzing and very intimidating. I ask myself, will people like it? Will they want to work with me? Or will they listen to one episode and never listen again? Everything crosses my mind. Even before I hold calls with my clients, I get nervous. These people have invested in getting my help. Despite thousands of hours of video creation and coaching behind me, I still worry I'm not good enough. And here is the thing. I tap into gumption and courage. But courage and gumption don't start in the mind. They start in movement. As Elizabeth Gilbert says, I don't sit around waiting for passion to strike me. I keep working steadily because I believe it is our privilege as humans to keep making things. You actually have to start. When I started to create, it helped me break free from imposter syndrome, allowing me to share my gifts with the world. Life continues to amaze me, and it continues to remind me that on the other side of the facade of fear, there is a field full of every single one of your desires. When you allow yourself to push through and break the chains in your mind, my mind is blown daily and gratitude overflows. I'm invited to speak to accountants that run businesses I have never even worked in. By owning my identity as an advisor, I've had the privilege of sharing my work for huge software companies and speak on stages as a keynote. I've been an advisor to partners in accounting firms that have a revenue of over 7 million a year. And I've had the privilege to help new sole practitioners launch a business and escape the big four. You know, the one thing I am most humbled by is building a community of supporters. I call them my tribe. I call you my tribe. You continue to affirm what I do by reminding me how my advice has inspired you to show up, share and express your own views and ideas in a way that never thought possible. You see, it becomes a ripple effect for every person, place and thing in your life. Sharing my advice and experiences and my thought leadership has enabled me to have a joy and happiness I needed. And the funny thing is, the more I share, the less stress I feel. I'm currently recording fewer videos at the moment, which would normally send me into a pit of depression as I would not be sharing my gift. But I have taken the time to invest in creating this podcast so I'm still creating. Helping people is the giver of joy, even for those who are not creative. Focus on giving value and watch your joy soar. I'm telling you about my own experiences, but you're not just watching from the outside. You are also a creator playing an important part in this big connected world. I've seen a lot of skilled people, including myself, held back by imposter syndrome, feeling like they're not good enough. The way to overcome this is through being creative and brave. It's not just about being creative though, it's about sharing your creativity with others. When we all share our ideas, 
we mix them together and come up with even better ones. This is how we become stronger. By combining our ideas, we can create new solutions and innovations for the world. I wonder if you've ever read the book, The Five Regrets of the Dying, written by Bronnie Ware. The five regrets are, I wish I had the courage to live a true life to myself, not one others expected of me. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. And the last one, I wish I had let myself be happier. I thought it was interesting that of these five regrets, two included courage. I work in a profession that 10 years ago was extremely still male dominated. And slowly but surely, we are seeing more young and older women start to make a difference. When I went to my first Accountex exhibition here in the UK in 2017, I remember looking around the room at so many men standing on stages and saying their bit. Again, imposter syndrome kicked in. But this in itself was fuel to make a difference and give us women a voice too. Different things fuel different people. What I do know is that whether you are male, female, or identify as neither or both, it's not about that. But these thoughts can hold you back. We can have the courage to step out of our comfort zone, but we have to have courage. Less than 10 years after seeing the male-dominated accounting profession, I am seeing these males I once felt inferior to leave the profession slowly but surely as they are now retiring and bowing out of a world they perceive they cannot keep up with. I felt like I was taking a risk when I joined the profession, but to live a life that's true to you, this is what you have to do. This is exactly what sharing our thoughts with the world requires us to do. We have to show up bold and courageous and vulnerable. We have to have gumption where confidence eludes us. Even when you are shaking when you're sharing your advice and thoughts, even if standing on the stage or presenting to a crowd, this is what you and I have to do. I go to the stage to change the world. We need people who want to bring more value than ever before. We need accountants, tax technicians, business advisors, lawyers and teachers who can be the leading edge of imagination. I would argue that you have more knowledge about the economy and business growth than the business coaches who get paid thousands of dollars with no experience or financial insights. Maybe you haven't permitted yourself to express that aspect of yourself yet, but I can tell you this now, with gumption and knowledge, you can let go of imposter syndrome. You won't regret it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. I wish you well, wherever you are. Thank you for listening to the Business Advisor podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to follow or subscribe, share this podcast and leave a rating and review. To discover more about how you can confidently build an advisory offer into your practice that your clients and prospects won't say no to, we invite you to join Amanda on her next webinar, How to Launch and Scale Your Advisory Offering. Join her by visiting businessadvisoracademy.com forward slash webinar. See you soon.